Hey there, welcome to the Single Moms with Moxie podcast. I'm your host, Mona Andre. I truly believe that the saddest thing in the world is forgotten potential. This is why I'm here, to remind you that even though you're a mom, which is an important role, it's equally important to remember that you're an individual with dreams, goals, and aspirations of your own. This podcast is a reminder that you're not alone, and there's so much more to life than laundry. I am so glad you're here. Let's dig into this episode. Hey there, I'm so excited to have Adela Crandall Jerky on the show today. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for having me. This is my first time on a podcast, so. Awesome. <laughs> um, well, I was trying to put together a few notes because it's been a while since I've been a single mother. I All my children are grown. I have four children two girls and two boys. And um, I got married when I was 19. Oh, that's young. Yes. Especially in today's world. And of course, no one could have told me that. Yeah. Probably some people (laughs) tried. Yes. Well, we always know best when we're young, we think. Yes. (laughs) I was very much in love. And uh, two years later was when my children started to come. And 15 years later was when I decided, yeah, this isn't, this is not a good situation for me or the kids. So I was married for about 15 years. Well, almost exactly 15 years. I lived in a very small little town. And my husband was a very popular coach and um, physical education teacher. Okay. So it was kind of um, kind of a tough thing to do because he was so well respected. So yeah. you were judged, or you were afraid of being judged? Yes, I, and I was afraid of being alone because he was definitely the more extrovert of the two of us, and okay. um, most of our social life revolved around school and school activities. And um, so I thought that I was going to be judged, as you said, and alone. And I knew a lot of gossip would happen because it was such a small town. And I knew a lot of people would ask me questions and I didn't really want to answer any questions. (laughs) I wanted to leave his reputation intact and not air our laundry, so to speak. Right, right. Um, So, but then I found out that there were a lot of people that could see through his veneer that I didn't even realize that they could. Wow. um, So you had support, more support. I had a lot more support, much more than I I thought I would. And um, I had been mainly a stay-at-home mom until a few years before I got divorced. And that probably, even though he said that it was just because I was working that we were getting divorced, which obviously is a simple story, but it probably did give me the courage and the faith in myself that I could make this decision and I could be okay. Well, people Um, always like to blame something, right? So he blamed the fact that you were working, but that I'm imagining it made you feel empowered. Like you had a little bit of independence now financially, at least, right? Yes. Yes. It made it possible for me, honestly say that probably five years prior, I thought this is not a good situation, but it took me five years to get to that point to actually get myself there to say, okay, this, this is it. 
we, wow. we, we are really going to do this. So, right. And that, yeah. so it was scary for you. I'm imagining. Um, so my mom just to, what she did when she realized that, oh my God, I, I can't, I can't live like this. What she did was she went to, back to work because she was a stay at home mom too. When we were little, my brother and I, and then she decided to go get a job and she was secretly saving money so mm-hmm. that she could afford to move out. So it's similar, but you have to be a special kind of strong to stay in a relationship, whether it's good or bad. If you're unhappy, you have to be a special, a special kind of strong to stay and plan. And, and you know what I mean? But I'm thinking that just knowing and planning gives you strength because you're thinking, okay, it's not forever. It's not forever. It's not forever. This is going to end up at some point because I'm making it. And I think that there's something that is more unique in women than in men, but we hold on to what was and think it's going to, it can be that way again. Yes. And if, if, if we just come up with the right formula, yep. if the right environment presents itself, that right. those days will return. Oh my goodness, yeah. that is such a good point. I did that. <laughs> I had a, my second child. I thought, okay, if we if I have an, if we have another baby, he'll go back to being, you know, Mr. Sweet, Mr. Nice. It, it didn't turn out that way. Sorry, go on. I cut you yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I think that that's a, that's more unique trait for women to have. Like we hold on to that romantic vision of what our life was when it all began. Yeah, when our relationship began, and we think that that will come back to us, and it doesn't. I mean, it it could, it can in some situations, but unfortunately, more often than not, it doesn't. Once it's gone, it's gone. Yeah, and, and the true um, colors, and I, actually, there's an expression: the honeymoon is over. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. <laughs> well, as a result of waiting that long, though, I had. Uh, child in high school. Well, I should say, I back up a little bit. A one in junior high, one in, um, and the other four, three were in um, grade school. Okay. So they were just beginning to turn into adolescence when I got divorced. So that was a very rough time for, because of that. Yes. As well as because we got divorced. Yeah, for sure. Change is always difficult and the hormones at that age, but at the same time, kids are very resilient. That yes, yes. More so than we give them credit for. Well, I was working as a microbiologist then. I had managed to get my degree. Oh, good for you. I was working um, on a product that most people have heard of, NutraSuite. Yeah. So I was in the startup phase of that and I actually was responsible for growing the little organisms that helped make that made one of the components of that okay oh wow interesting made made from a fermentation process so that that was my little brand was on all of it (laughs) (laughs) your little your little creatures right yes (laughs) your little darling my job was to keep the creatures health healthy right oh okay Um, so here's a question off topic so is it because people like, is it, was it for 
people with diabetes? Like what was the driver to create a a sweetener? Well, um, it was really the no sugar craze. I think the product itself, aspartame, the, the company doesn't exist anymore, but you might remember Cyril Pharmaceuticals. Yeah, that rings a bell. And they were the original makers of Metamucil and they, they had a lot of drugs. And one of them, one of their chemists was working on a drug for um, the heart and he did something you're not supposed to do in the lab. He licked his fingers oh. and it was sweet. And he thought, oh, this could make a nice product for sweetening. Right. Oh, <laughs> and that's wow. how it came about. So. Oh, that's interesting. The, some of the best inventions are completely by accident. Yeah. Well, and then the same company as spinoff as uh, NutraSweet also developed when the there was a sugar-free phase that, you know, everybody wanted to jump on to, for to stay thinner, healthier. And then there was a fat-free phase. And we also developed a product that was uh, a fat substitute. Okay. So, and I was very involved in that startup as well. And that is actually what brought me to the Chicago area. So with my oldest of freshmen in high school, an eighth grader, a sixth grader, and a third grader, I moved us all to the Chicago area. And when I think back wow. about it, I think that was either the bravest or stupidest thing I ever did. <laughs> well, sometimes ignorance is bliss. I think it was brave. Oh my God. The ages of your kids, plus yeah. your you have a career. So how mm -hmm. did you how did you juggle career with with your kids? Four kids. Well, it was really when I, like I said, when I think back about it, I think, wow, that was really something, you know, you're just in it. So you're not thinking about how tough it is. I was lucky. I, I sold my house. My house was not quite closed on yet. So I had to um, stay in what was called transient housing okay, for yeah. a while. So yeah. The five of us were in this um, little two-bedroom apartment, and my two of my sisters came and stayed with us just so they could get um, the kids back and forth to school because oh, we weren't nice. really living in the school district yet. Right. I I hadn't closed on our 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 new house yet. Okay, so that gave me a little bit of a bridge, and then. Um, we got all moved in. Oh, we moved right like the day after Christmas. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> the busiest <laughs> time of the year, the craziest time of the year. Yeah, like I said, it was either the bravest or the stupidest <laughs> thing. <laughs> and, and we always manage. We always manage. That's yeah, one thing. Yeah. And um, the, a week into my new job, we had a terrible snowstorm and freezing wind weather so um cold that the windshields were cracking on um oh wow on the cars and it was like oh my gosh and it took me one day it took me two hours to get home oh geez and my new boss said oh you have to develop alternate routes to and from work <laughs> <I'm> like really <laughs> 
know? <laughs> like I said, I just lived in this little town, little town that was the biggest in the county and just had one stop stop traffic light. So from there like, to the city. Yeah. So it was really wow, what a change. What a change so, for you. Yeah. So every Sunday we would find something to do in the city. We would learn how to take the L. We'd go to museums. We'd go to the um, lake. Um, we found different things to do um, in the city. And we really, it was, it's quite amazing how kind people are really. You know, we would do something. We took, we went to uh, what's called the Skokie Swift, and we took the L train down in the into the city. And when we came back, the Skokie Swift was had closed. It was it was the oh. end of its run in the evening. And I'm like, oh my gosh, how what are we gonna do? So there I am standing with four children, looking at a map, thinking, how am I gonna get back to my car? <laughs> oh my goodness! And um. Somebody just came up to me and said, are you lost? And I said, no, I just not lost. I just don't know how to get back here. And they just helped me out, told me what bus oh, to I get love on. That. I have found that people are really good. Most people are really good. I love that. I really do. Because and I, whenever I see kindness, because I, 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 you see terrible stories, right? In the mm -hmm. news and whatever. So whenever I hear a story of kindness, that just makes my heart sing. We're, you know, humankind. Humankind is not always kind. So when it prevails, yeah. that's a, that's really a beautiful thing. That really is a beautiful thing. There's way, way more kindness in the world than there is. Yes. Unkindness. Thank goodness for that. Absolutely. Yeah. And it, that's probably why it isn't covered in the news. It's nothing new. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps it's not as exciting. I don't know. Right. Although I think it's exciting. Yeah. To hear stories of, you know, people being nice to each other. So anyway, I, um, the kids, uh, the boys did wonderfully with the change. They, I had, was able to take my oldest to, um, actually all the kids were so excited about it that I thought, I better kind of tamp this down a little bit because I thought <laughs> you're thinking too, like this is going to be like Christmas. <laughs> so I said, well, you know, the school that you're going to is going to have as many people in it as our whole, um, the whole county town. does now. <laughs> oh, the whole county. Oh, wow. Wow. So that was a culture shock for them, but they're yeah, young. And they were young. So they, they, their, their response that. was, well, we'll find friends somewhere then. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> That's attitude. really great. And the boys did, they were really very into sports and sports just led them right into friends and um, long lasting relationships. And they, um, they my one of my sons met with a guidance counselor and he's he asked the guidance counselor asked him what was he interested in and he said ichthyology which is the study of fish okay i didn't <laughs> know the, that the, the guidance counselor said well i think we might we don't have any theology classes but we might have some sociology classes that would meet your interest 
And my son looked at him like, what? And then it like <laughs> dawned on me like, oh, he, he, he heard <laughs> theology and thought theology. Right. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. That's a, like, we're talking about apples, but here, let's, let's, you know, we might have some clouds in the sky for you. Kind yeah. The, the, for me, the super funny thing about that is that that son now is a um, teacher of comparative religions. Oh, really? <laughs> and he has, he grows fish in his basement. <laughs> <laughs> some things stay with us. Yes. That's funny. So the girls didn't have such an easy time to adopt that you find that? Well, the my youngest, I'll start with, talk about her first. She's in, um, spe- was in special ed. She has a mild um, mental impairment. So she fit in pretty good. She fit in pretty well. She had a little bit of, they first put her in a, um, they had a different kind of system where all the special ed kids went to one school. So she got in the local school first and then she had to move schools and that was a little disjointing for her. That worked out pretty well. But the, this, my older daughter, the third child was in sixth grade at the time, which also right at the beginning of puberty. Yeah. Um, Right at the mean girl, mean girl stage. Yep, yep. She had a lot of trouble fitting in, and um, you know she was just getting uh, interested in boys. And the other thing that was happening at school for her was girls were getting in fights. You know, it's physical fights. fights. Oh my and gosh! I was like, what's going on with this? <laughs> she. Wow. Um, oh, that's scary. Yeah, yeah, and that was something that had not occurred in the school schools that any of the kids had gone to before right. where so a complete culture shock like a different yeah yeah mindset and she also was very athletic but contrary to the boys that was not her shoe in instead when she would be excelling at the athletics the other girls would be like who do you think you are kind of attitude so she wow. was it had the opposite effect for her it yeah, made so her was, shut down. Yeah, she at the end of her eighth grade year, she um, ended up hospitalized for mental health issues. Oh, geez. And that also was an extremely tough time. For sure. For um, sure. And, and was this caught, caught or triggered from bullying in school? Um, I think I would say it was more her trying to find herself and her, she had a boyfriend and the boyfriend broke up with her and okay, yeah, that's um, wrong. she didn't feel steady with any girlfriends to talk to. Right. And so she felt I very isolated, very alone. Quite enough. I wasn't quite enough for her. Well, um, sometimes it's hard to speak with our parents, you know what yeah. I mean? So it's easier to speak to a peer. And if you don't have anybody that you're connecting with, then you you feel very isolated. Yeah, well, that was, I know that was a very, I'm not sure how to say that. So that experience was also something where I felt, I felt very alone because I would go, sure. to be, go to visit her and go to sessions for, with her. And 
I would think, I wish I had someone to go home and talk this over with and someone yep. I could lean on and we could lean on each other. Yep. However, one day I got in the elevator to go home and another set of parents got in the elevator at the same time. And as soon as the elevator do- door closed, they started to argue oh. and blame each other. And I thought, well, at least I don't have that. <laughs> <laughs> There's one positive spin. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Problem Problems with children can definitely cause parents to draw from each other, right? Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So that's something I've never had to experience either because <laughs> I've always been a single mom pretty much, so... Well, and she was, turned out that she was working out some issues with her father too. Okay. And um, which that was a little difficult for me because she was talking about how wonderful he was. And at the same time, he was not calling her. He didn't come to Uh. visit her. And I was just trying to like, okay, she's going to work through this. It's not my job to say. Right, right. Well, she might have been in denial. Yeah, yeah. And she did. And um, of course, like I said, she's, all my children are grown. So she is um, a mother of five now. Oh, goodness. And and, and a kindergarten teacher. So <laughs> Yeah, busy lady. Busy yeah, lady. Yeah. She has a set of twins that just started driving so Uh, yeah that's uh that's a lot to a lot to manage and a career good for her good for her so I have one last question for you if you could go back in time what would you tell younger you I I think I would tell myself not to worry so much Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Because we do tend to worry when we're in it. Yeah. I used to worry a lot more. Most of my worries never came true. And then something else happened. So right. right. <laughs> and there's, that's so good. Because there's always, always, always light at the end of the tunnel. Sometimes we can't see the tunnel. But if we can just believe that it's there, that we're walking mm-hmm. towards it. I think it helps. That's really good advice. It does seem like it's just wasted energy to worry. It does. It really is. It really is. That thing that you're worrying about often doesn't happen. Yep. That is so true. And when we're focusing on, you know, what we are worried is going to happen, we're not focusing on finding a solution to get out of whatever it is that's worrying us, that's Mm -hmm. concerning us. That's a very good point. Thank you for bringing that up. Awesome. Well, I want to thank you for being on the show. This well, that been, went by so fast. It does go by quickly. It does. And I try to keep the episodes, you know, short just because I know people are so busy and on all, you know, they're commuting, whatever they're doing. I I, I like it to, to happen so that they can watch or listen to a whole episode in one sitting. That's why I live. But if ever you want to come back on the show, please reach out. If you have something that you think that our younger single moms would like to hear, would need to hear, please reach out. And thank you so much again. Okay, thank you.
Thanks for listening to this episode of the Single Moms with Moxie podcast. It means so much to me that I can share with you. We have some amazing guests coming up in future episodes, so please follow me on Spotify or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You can also find me on Instagram at Mona underscore Andre. And we even have a Single Moms with Moxie Facebook group. I hope you join. Until next time, stay safe, stay sane.